ladies and gentlemen, in the exact same way that God has plans for the nation of Israel and the Word of God, I want you to know that the same God of the Creator of the universe has exact detailed plans for your lives and for what you're supposed to be doing. Listen, your day of victory, your day of celebration, your day of rejoicing begins the moment you pick up this Bible and begin to read, learn, and meditate on God's detailed plans for your life. Hello again and welcome as we lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley Rutherford. I'm Kyle Welch. If you've been searching for a place to be spiritually fed, you have found it. Like you, we believe the Holy Bible contains the spiritual nourishment we need to become faithful servants God requires to help grow His kingdom here on earth. This program is part of an outreach ministry from Shepherd Church, located in Los Angeles, California. Our teaching pastor is Dudley Rutherford, and we join him right now with today's message. I want you to... um... Turning your Bibles to Joshua chapter 6, Joshua chapter 6. We're looking at the story of Joshua in the battle of Jericho. Uh, Israel has been in bondage to Egypt for 400 years under the thumb of the great Pharaoh. God raises up a man named Moses uh, to lead some 2 million Jews out of Egypt to get them into the promised land, the land that we know today is the land of Israel. Once they get out of Egypt, uh, because of sin and disobedience, they have to wander around the wilderness for another 40 years. So after 440 years, they are now on the cusp of getting into the promised land. The gateway city uh, to the promised land is Jericho. They're not getting in unless they can defeat Jericho. Earlier in the book of Numbers, Uh, They had sent in 12 spies to spy out the land. Ten of the 12 came back and said, it's impossible. They're too strong. They're too powerful. They're too many. We cannot do this. So they come up against an impossible situation. And yet God, uh, in uh, seven days, against all odds, Uh, those walls came crumbling down and Israel goes in and begins to take possession of the land. So that's the story. And what we've done in our series is we've looked at those seven days that they marched around the walls and we came up with seven principles that if you're here today and you're up against any impossible situation, if you use those same seven principles whether it's your marriage, your finances, your health, it could be a wayward child, uh, if you've lost a job, if you've lost your house, if you're saddled with an addiction, whatever it is, we want to take these seven principles and apply them. And I believe if you do so, that you too will have victory in your life. Now last week, week one, day one, lap one, principle one was this, to focus on the greatness of God rather than the size of your problem. That was last week. Because if instead of looking at your problem, you'll focus on the greatness of God, guess what happens to your problem? Your problem immediately shrinks to almost nothing 
when you look at it in comparison to the greatness of God. Amen? Amen? So today is day two, lap two, principle two in our study, and that is to realize that God has an unconventional plan. Now, in your sermon notes, I have four yes, no questions. Question number one, are you ready? Here we go. Does God clearly, and that's the key word, clearly, does he clearly state his plans? Yes or no? Now, we're in Joshua chapter 6, but this story really begins all the way back in Genesis chapter 12. In Genesis 12, God gives a seven-fold promise to Israel. Here's where it really begins in Genesis 12. Here's the text. There are seven promises. You can count them. They're very clear. Number one, he says, I will make you into a great nation. Number two, I will bless you. Number three, I will make your name great. Number four, and you will be a blessing. Pay attention to number five. Promise number five, I will bless those who bless you. And, and promise number six, whoever curses you, I will curse. And promise number seven, all the peoples on the earth will be blessed through you. Now, my question is this, does that seem a little vague to you or does this seem crystal clear? God then, after he uh, gives these seven promises to Abraham, he reaffirms them to Abraham's son, who's Isaac, He then reaffirms them to Isaac's son, which is Jacob, which is the grandson of Abraham. And then in Deuteronomy chapter 7, God says these words to Moses. Pay attention to what he says to Moses. When the Lord your God brings you into the land that you are entering to possess and drives out before you many nations. He says, and here's that number, seven nations that are larger and stronger than you. And then if you skip over two more chapters to Deuteronomy chapter 9, pay attention to these words. He says, hear, O Israel, you're now about to cross the Jordan, what we know to be the Jordan River. Now, don't forget, they've been wandering around for 40 years, and they're finally going to come into the land. They've got to first get across the Jordan. Uh, the Jordan River, and so he goes, you are now about to cross the Jordan to go in and dispossess nations that are greater and stronger than you. Pay attention here. He says, with large cities that have walls that go up to the what? To the sky. I wonder what city he's talking about. Well, it sounds like Jericho. And my question to you remains, Does God clearly state his plans? Yes or no? Yes, he does. Ladies and gentlemen, in the exact same way that God has plans for the nation of Israel and the Word of God, I want you to know that the same God of the Creator of the universe has exact detailed plans for your lives and for what you're supposed to be doing. And one of the reasons we find ourselves in so much trouble and that we're so confused, it's not God's fault, which he so often is blamed. It's our fault because we haven't read, we haven't listened, we haven't followed, 
we haven't obeyed his guidelines for our life. Let me tell you, left to our own devices and to our own strength, I, I, I hate to say this to you, you probably are never going to overcome impossible situations on your own. Listen, your day of victory, your day of celebration, your day of rejoicing begins the moment you pick up this Bible and begin to read, learn, and meditate on God's detailed plans for your life. Question number two, yes or no? Are God's plans usually unconventional? Yes or no? I say a resounding yes. Because as I go through the Bible, almost the entire Bible, not always, but most often I've noticed that whenever God asks anyone to do something, it seems a bit unconventional to me. I'll give you just a few illustrations. One is Abraham. We talked about him last week. You know, he, he has, he's, he's 100 years old. He finally has a son, and you know, he can't live much longer. And, and, and yet God says, Abraham, take your one and only son up to Mount Moriah and sacrifice him there. Now I want to ask, is there anyone in this room who thinks that's a normal request? No one thinks that's normal. And then you have the story of Naaman. He's a military uh, general in the army. He's got leprosy. He's not necessarily a man of God. He leads a, he's an army guy. He's got leprosy. And, you know, even in that day, if you got leprosy, man, you were in trouble. And he didn't know what to do, so he went to the preacher. He went to the prophet. And he said, what do I need to do to get rid of this leprosy? And God told Naaman through the prophet, he said, Naaman, if you want to be clean, you got to go down to that dirty river, the, 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 the Parfar River, that one that's real muddy. Go down there and you dip seven times and you'll be clean. Does that make sense to anybody here? No. Then you've got the story of Gideon. Gideon has 32,000 men. That's a pretty good-sized army, 32,000. The problem is he's going up, up against the Midianite army who could have as many as 200,000 and he's only got 32,000 and God says to Gideon, Gideon, that's too many men. You need to cut the army down. Gideon said, what? I'm going up against an army that's got 200,000. They got at least 135,000 and I only got 32. God says, that's too many men. So they whittle the army down to only 300. And when they get all the way down, you will now, now he only has 300. God says, oh, that's the perfect number. <laughs> really? Are you serious? And then you have the great story of Hosea, who was told by God to go and marry and redeem a woman of the night. And so he did. And he made her respectable. And he brought her under the comfort and the safety of his home and provided her every need. And, and you can't believe it unless you read the story, but she ends up leaving him. She leaves Hosea and she goes back out into the world. And once again, she goes into a life of prostitution. And God tells Hosea, Hosea, I want you to go redeem her again. Give her another chance. Hosea must have thought to himself, really? And it's the same picture here of our story in the story of Jericho. They come to the city, they cross the river, and there's this city. It's surrounded by a giant wall, a wall that goes all the way to the sky. And he gives them these instructions and the way 
that they're going to defeat Jericho is by walking, by walking around the walls and shouting really loud. That's the plan that seems a little bit unusual to me. I read to you from page 54 and 55, there will come a time in your life when God's plan is revealed to you, but it may not make sense to you. When he asked the Israelites to march around the wall for seven days, it seemed like a simple request, but let's face it, it wasn't exactly a conventional military strategy. Usually the idea is to sneak up on one's enemy with a surprise attack. But instead, God basically instructed the Israelites to announce their arrival with a parade. God's plan was the exact opposite of what the, the typical Uh, was typical in a military advance rather than approaching Jericho quickly and quietly and unannounced. The Israelites were to spend seven days walking around the city in plain view of the citizens inside that city. And on the last day, they were supposed to make a big old ruckus with some trumpets and horns and shouting, giving the Jerichoites a total of 13 warnings, the six circuits around the walls the first six days, the seven circuits around the walls on the seventh day that they were going to take. That's a little odd, don't you think? Now, what I want you to note is this, that oftentimes when God asks you to do something, it's not going to make any sense to you. Giving 10%? That doesn't make sense to me. Let me get this straight. In Luke 6, you say if someone strikes me in the cheek, I'm supposed to turn and say, oh, 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 you can hit me over here too? I mean, if someone strikes me, you know what my first inclination is? I won't fight back. And Jesus says, no, 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 no. If someone strikes you, you, you just, just, just do this. Okay, 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 thank you. Okay, you can hit me here now. Those are the instructions, yes. In Matthew 5, when someone persecutes you, you're supposed to pray for them. In Matthew 18, when someone sins against you, I mean, they hurt you, you, you are supposed to forgive them. Yes. How many times? Once or twice? No, 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 no. Seventy times seven. What? Yeah, those are the instructions. You want me to be baptized? You mean get up in church and come forward? And go over there in front of everybody? get my hair all wet (laughs) and do what hold my nose and go under and try not to get my leg pop up out of the water Uh uh-huh you want me to stand up uh, at work for my faith and be bold even though i might lose my job Uh uh-huh uh-huh you want me to surrender what everything everything what everything everything yes you want me to surrender everything everything Seems a little unconventional. Let me get this straight. You're telling me if I come in first, I'm actually last. And Jesus says that's exactly what I'm saying. How many of you know this, that even when God asks you to do something that's unusual, that there's probably a reason why he's asking you to do that? How many of you would guess that? That leads me to the next question. Does God ever test one's faith? Yes or no? Yes. And here's what he wants to know. He wants to know if you will follow him no matter what. You see, whenever these unusual requests come from God, I think interwoven in those requests, I think 
there is a test. Will you or will you not obey? Will you or will you not follow? Will you or will you not run? You see, I believe God often puts you in an impossible situation just so what's in your heart will be revealed. You think about this. These guys have been walking around for 40 years. And why were they walking around for 40 years? They had sinned. And what was their sin? Their sin was they were complainers. They were a bunch of complainers. And so finally, after 40 years of being in a desert, of walking, can you imagine how tired they must have been walking for 40 years in the desert? Oh, I get tired just thinking about it. And finally, they come right up to the cusp of getting in. And God says, you want to get in? Yeah, we want to get in. We want to get settled into our houses. And here's the instructions. You keep walking. What? We got to keep doing this? And you see, I think God was wanting to know, are you finished complaining? Are you finished doubting me? Because if you want to complain, I can send you for another lap down there in the desert. I mean, how many of you know that God could have put him back down there for another 40 years? Oh, yeah, he could have done that. I think he wants to know, are you done being unsubmissive to me? You know what God wants? We know that the Bible says this in Proverbs 3. He wants you to trust him. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not upon your own understanding. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord. Trust in the Lord. You see, whatever it is that God is asking you, you need to just simply trust in Him. Oh, yeah. And then I go to question number four, and that is that when victory finally comes, who in the world is going to get the glory and the credit and the praise? God, does God get the credit when those walls come tumbling down, yes or no? Yes. You see, the walls in your impossible situation, and hey, I don't take this lightly. This is not, I mean, I really believe that some of you feel like you're up against an impossible situation. I believe that. I know that. But when that victory comes, guess who's going to get the credit? God. It's very simple. You know, some of you don't believe, you don't believe the promises in the Bible regarding uh, stewardship and finances. If you bring the tithe, that God will indeed open up the floodgate. Well, just try it. You, you just trust God. You can't, if you, if, it's a, it really is a test. Because when you bring that, God knows whether or not you love him or money. Which you love. If you don't do it, he knows you love money more than you love him. But once you bring it and you give it, and then God does what he said he would do, which is to open up the floodgates and pour out so much blessing in your life, then all of a sudden you're walking around and, you're, and someone says, hey, what happened to you? I remember you way back then. Now look at you. you oh, let me tell you what God did in my life. And that person, that person that you wanted to forgive, that you, you knew you were supposed to forgive and you couldn't because you had so much bitterness inside your heart, and oh, that person did you wrong so many times, and oh, God, I know I'm supposed to forgive him, but oh, I, I can't do it. And, you, and finally, finally, you said, all right, I'll try it. Just trust God. And you do it. And all of a sudden, you are the most free person on the planet. You're walking around like, 
Ooh, I'm free, I'm free, I'm free. Someone said, what have you? Oh, you won't believe what. You know, God told me I was supposed to forgive that brother, and I did. And guess what? I'm, I'm the one now that's free. And I, I, let me tell you what God's done in my life. God's the one that gets the credit. Walk down here and give your life to Christ and be baptized. I mean, half the world knows that you're nothing but a rascal anyway. You know, you're like, you're like the most foul-mouthed, disrespectful, you're mean-spirited, you're ornery, you lie, you cheat, you lust all the time, and you walk down here, and, all right, I'm going to give my life to Christ. And you get over here and you get baptized, and oh, you come out of there, the Bible says you come out a brand new creature, you're, and people don't even recognize you because now you're going to church, and, and now you're nice, and, and now you open the door and you let other people go first, and your language has changed and your behavior has changed and someone comes up to you and says what happened to you i i remember you in school you were the well, you were the wildest guy in school what happened to you oh let me tell you what god's done in my life you see god gets the credit and it's the same way when those walls came down you know because you know that soldier he knew this was the silliest thing i ever did he didn't want to complain because he didn't want to go back in the desert for 40 more years. Right? He heard what happened last time they complained. So he's just walking around the walls going, this is crazy. Second day, they walk around the wall. Sef- seventh day, seven times. And then they shout. And all of a sudden, the walls of this city, the walls that go all the- come tumbling down, and they go in and take possession and can you imagine someone say, hey, how'd that happen? And he goes, oh, you should have seen me. I was walking, and every time I pushed my foot down, I, you could see a little rattle in the wall. And I pushed that one down a little. I saw a little pebble fall. And I did this. And when it came down, I yelled, I yelled. You should have heard me yelling, man. I yelled. I yelled. Oh, I yelled. Oh, I, was, I, I, yeah, I did have a cold that day. My voice was a little hoarse. So I, I yelled a lot. Like and when I yelled, I yelled. So the walls came. No. You're going to say, this was the silliest thing I ever did in my life. I walked around those walls. I didn't want to do it, but God told me to do it, and I did it anyway. And I just was living in obedience because that's all I knew to do. I wanted to trust in God. And I just walked, and at the end we yelled, and you're not going to believe what God did. God brought these walls down, and God alone gets the credit. It's a blessing for us to bring this program to you every day. We exist only by our faithful partners who support us through their prayers and financial gifts. If Pastor Dudley's message has been a blessing to you, we would like to encourage you to consider joining in partnership with us so we can continue to be here every day to bless others with this important ministry. Your gifts, whether large or small, are greatly appreciated and go directly to help keep us on the air. You can find out more about supporting us by calling our toll-free number, 888 818 4777. That number again is 888-818-4777. We have operators standing by and ready to take your call. You can also support us by going to our website, liftupjesus.com forward slash reach. That address again is liftupjesus.com forward slash and then the word reach. The secret to overcoming any obstacle you are facing today is revealed through one of the most extraordinary victories ever recorded in the Bible, the Battle of Jericho. Joshua and the Israelites followed God's unusual plan to walk around the heavily fortified walls of Jericho for seven days. 
The Lord promised that at the end of those seven days, he would cause the walls of that famed city to fall, allowing his people to take possession of the promised land. In his book, Walls Fall Down, Pastor Dudley Rutherford shows us how the seven spiritual principles in this story are available for all of us today. You will learn how the foundation behind Joshua's victory is the key to overcoming your own hurdles and unsolvable issues. When you choose to do things God's way, walls crumble, victory replaces defeat, and a blessed future unfolds. Pastor Dudley's book, Walls Fall Down, is available for a gift of any size to the Lift Up Jesus ministry. This invaluable resource can be yours right now by calling our toll-free number, 888-818-4777. That number again is 888-818-4777. You can also order this book directly from our website, liftupjesus.com. That address again is liftupjesus.com. Discover how your personal Jericho battle is no match for the power of an awesome God. Call us right now and receive your copy of Walls Fall Down by Pastor Dudley Rutherford today. I'm Kyle Welch, inviting you to join us tomorrow at the same time as we again lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley. Pastor Dudley